Dog with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to episode number 165 of the Robots Podcast. My name is Jana and today we will be hearing about the world's first auto-follow action sports drone called AirDog. But first, let's have a listen to what's been happening in robotics with Christine. Thank you, Jana. One of the top names in higher quality vacuum cleaners, Dyson has entered a robotic vacuum cleaner into the market called 360i, which is sleek, shiny and according to Dyson, has the most suction among its competitors. For mapping and navigation, it uses a 360-degree simultaneous localization and mapping or SLAM vision system, so it knows where it is, where it's been and where it's yet to clean. Unlike other robotic vacuums, the eye moves with tank-style treads to maintain traction and orientation across all floor types. The battery lasts between 20 to 30 minutes, and once the battery is nearly depleted, the eye makes its way back to its charging dock. The 360i robotic vacuum cleaner will be on sale in Japan later this year for $1,250. It will then be available in most other countries in 2015. Meet Jerry the Bear. Jerry was created by the startup company Sproutel as a robotic learning coach for children diagnosed with type 1 diabetes to help them master their medical procedures through play. He is built off of the Android platform and has 19 sensors sewn throughout its fur. These sensors let children check Jerry's glucose levels, feed him food, give him insulin, and even tickle him. This interaction enables kids to gain experience responding to real-world scenarios so that they are better prepared to manage their diabetes treatment. Now, after the recently successful crowdfunding campaign, Sproutel plans to put Jerry into the hands of each one of the 12,000 children that will be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in the coming year. For more information about robotic vacuum cleaners and robots in healthcare, visit robohub.org. We've been covering a lot of the controversies about drones on our RoboHub website lately, and it's about time there was a podcast on some of the new and exciting things that are happening in the drone world. So in this episode, our interviewer Audro speaks to Edgar Rosensals, CEO and founder of Helico Aerospace Industries, about the new autofollow action sports drone AirDog, a quadrocopter used to record video of action sports. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Edgar. I'm CEO of the company Helico Aerospace Industries. Uh, we are the company behind the AirDog project. Can you tell us the motivation behind your company? Yeah, uh, well, basically what we, we are doing is we are innovating or changing the uh, or creating even the, a new category that we call personal drones. 
it means that uh, my personal drone, we mean a drone that uh, is not just a high-touch thing that flies and somebody buys just because of having pleasure flying something, but it's a flying robot that, that does something useful to its owner. As AirDog, it's uh, basically uh, your cameraman shoots you autonomously while you do some action sports. What does AirDog look like? Hmm. Well, it's uh, yeah. We we, <laughs> we needed to still build uh, a little bit different drone since our primary audience is action sports enthusiasts and professionals. So we needed a drone that can be stored away in a backpack and uh, you can take it with you uh, when you're snowboarding in the backcountry or yeah so so we needed to design a different uh, airframe something that folds and is pretty compacted so we designed it to be very compact so that all the props and everything is foldable and can be stored in a, in a very limited space. Mm -hmm. So it's a quadrotor or a quadcopter, and it has foldable arms that tuck into the body. Yeah, exactly. The arms are foldable. The uh, rich, uh, legs, let's say, or landing gear are also uh, foldable. And uh, yeah, and it, 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 it has a pretty compact form factor when you fold everything. And then it has a GoPro camera sitting on the front of it for uh, recording video? Exactly, yeah. It's We have a gyro-stabilized uh, uh, gimbal. Uh, it's two-axis gimbal uh, that is uh, actively being stabilized both by two motors. Uh, it's, it's needed because when the drone is flying or stabilizing itself in the air, it does pretty quick uh, agile movements but you don't want to see that in your video so if you want to see smooth video you need such a gimbal one thing that I found interesting when looking at it is the front two propellers are upside down can you talk a bit about that well there, there's uh, no 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 not a big secret behind that uh, we designed it uh, actually because we wanted to minimize uh, amount of parts, uh, different plastic parts need to be manufactured uh, for the air dog. So they, those are actually exactly the same arms we have in the front. They're simply reversed in the rear. And uh, that's one thing. And we wanted to make symmetrical casings so that everything's actually symmetrical and we can manufacture two identical arms, uh, only two arms and uh, only one of the side of the casing and actually reverse it uh, and we have another side if, if, if I'm explaining yeah, um, mm -hmm. clearly enough so. Absolutely What kind of sensors are on board the AirDog? Well we're carrying uh, everything that most drones uh, carry and that's uh, we're having accelerometers gyroscopes uh, barometric air pressure sensor um, what else? Mm, GPS. Mm, on the sensor side, that that would be all. Yeah, I can mention. Okay, and then you also have an air leash component that the user uses, and that has a GPS in it as well. Or what other sensors are in the air leash? And actually, can you describe it a bit? Okay. Uh, basically, we are having 
all the same sensors in the air leash uh, that we have on the air dog. Uh, we need that to, uh, to do the trajectory or movement prediction uh, that we, we are doing uh, and, and then what the software inside the air leash does. Uh, we are not just looking at the GPS coordinates. The, actually, the, the uh, biggest challenge was to do the sensor fusion, uh, take the readings from all of the sensors, fuse them uh, to achieve the precision that we need. The air leash, uh, the user wears it on their wrist, and that has all the sensors, and that helps coordinate the, the air dog to follow the user. Is that correct? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And additionally, it, it serves as a control device as well. So a user can override any, uh, uh, like, uh, user can change the altitude, the distance, angle at any moment, uh, switch to different uh, shooting modes, and uh, initiate landing or takeoff, and, and cetera, and many other features. Okay. Uh, can you tell me the role of a cell phone? in the AirDog setup? Okay. You, you, you basically need smartphone initially when you are doing the pairing of AirLeash, smartphone, and the AirDog. Uh, if, if you are happy with the basic flight modes that we have, like there are, there are quite a few of them, and it's, um, I will not go deep, deeper into each uh, flight mode, but the simple flight modes you can use without any further assistance uh, from the uh, smartphone. But if you want to use some more advanced features as uh, track or lap recording, uh, as an example, uh, which is a mode where, for example, if you're doing motocross, you go one lap only with the air leash, and this, uh, your trajectory is being recorded. Then later you can uh, upload it to, to your smartphone and you can adjust the drone's uh, flight trajectory. You can uh, make it to get more creative video. For example, if you want to be filmed on the first kicker from the front and on the second one from the side, you can adjust these uh, things here uh, on the, in a smartphone application. Also, you can make it to avoid some building or something that's in the middle of the track. Or, so you can adjust the flight trajectory, and then the drone will fly. Yeah, uh, it, it will not try to... Uh, it, it will simply have more, much more effective flight pattern now, yeah, this way. But mostly it's for more creative ways of uh, shooting video. Can you tell me a bit more about how the AirDog uses the air leash to track the user, just from a software perspective of what's actually happening? Okay. Is it coordinating the GPSs between the two? Uh, yes and no. Uh, uh, yes would be the simple answer, but uh, as I mentioned before, it was pretty a large challenge, uh, and we're still improving the algorithms. Uh, uh, GPS alone is not precise enough, and it has uh, very low update frequency uh, to, to, to get really precise data. So what we're doing, we are fusing the sensor readings from all the sensors, accelerometers, gyroscopes, and barometric air pressure sensor. Uh, it means that when you are initiating a movement or uh, stopping 
we are not just looking at the GPS, it would be already too late. So we, we can sense it from the you know, accelerometers, for example. And uh, to achieve much higher altitude precision, uh, we need this barometric air pressure sensor. I'm still, I'm still trying to understand how they're connecting the two. So you're fusing all of the sensors. Is there an initial calibration that needs to happen so that the air dog can accurately track the user? Well, we, we are at this moment working on this uh, topic right now, and I cannot tell you what will be the final and uh, how it will happen in the production version. Uh, but there will be no uh, calibration needed to improve the following precision. There are simply, might be some very simple procedures that needs to be done by a user when he buys a new air dog simply to calibrate the sensors as such, like a magnetometer, which is a digital compass. Well, you might simply have to turn it 360 uh, in your hands or something, but something very simple if any calibration at all will be needed. How does the AirDog compare to similar following quadcopter systems? Well, uh, first of all, I think it's, uh, it's the first one that has this dedicated tracking device. And that means it, it, w it will work uh, in most conditions. Uh, if you're trying, there are others uh, who are trying to follow a smartphone, but then you are running into a uh, couple of issues, one of which is user experience uh, and uh, usability issues. Because when you are, for example, surfing in the water, it would be pretty hard for you to, to, to aim and uh, tap the specific button on your uh, smartphone screen if you are snowboarding in uh, sub-zero temperatures and you're in gloves, it's impossible to tap your screen again. And uh, most probably you don't want to take, uh, you don't want uh, such quite expensive piece of equipment uh, to rely it on a smartphone, which are well-known crashing time from time. The software needs to be rebooted. And that's why... And also there are like technical reasons uh, as uh, the barometric air pressure sensor that I mentioned before, uh, current smartphones don't have it. Uh, we've heard that in the near future they will, but we don't yet know the precision of these sensors. So we decided that we want ultimate uh, following drone uh, and it has to work in most conditions. So so we decided to, to, to develop this uh, custom uh, wearable tracking device we call Ehrlich. I believe that is the most significant uh, uh, difference. What is the process of setting up and using AirDog? Okay. Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, the typical use case would be you take your AirDog out of the backpack, uh, you unfold its arms, unfold its uh, landing gear uh, and by doing that it automatically turns on and uh, you put it on the ground on a spot where you've chosen as your takeoff spot 
and uh, then you turn on your air leash, put it on your wrist or attach to your helmet or wherever you want. And uh, with one click of a button, uh, air dog will take off. Then you can, if you wish, you can change its distance to you, angle, uh, altitude. And uh, with another click of a button, it will start following you. And uh, when, when the battery uh, will be uh, low, uh, there is a pretty intelligent uh, power management uh, system built in AirDog. It, it will warn you that the battery, battery is getting low. And depending on the flight mode you, you have chosen uh, in the beginning, it weather will on its own simply fly back to the takeoff uh, spot and land, or you can uh, land it immediately uh, at this at the place where you are. Well, for example, when if you are skiing downhill, of course you will not make it fly back, but you will land it where you are standing. What kind of battery life? We're talking here about uh, battery life between ten and twenty minutes. Uh, it can hover about 20 minutes, but the faster your sports is, the faster it needs to fly, the shorter will be the battery life. So if you go really fast on your motocross bike, well, most probably it will be 10 minutes only. But if you are doing a uh, uh, pretty slow action, I don't know, just riding around the skate uh, bowl, so it doesn't need to fly quickly around. So then, then you will get much longer flight time. Mm -hmm. And can you talk a bit about how you charge it? Is there extra batteries you can sub in? Yeah, sure. So the batteries are uh, uh, swappable. You, you can easily slide it out, slide the new one in, and continue flying. Your users will be able to buy any amount of extra batteries needed. And uh, a charging device, uh, charger, will be included in the standard kit as well. Are there any safety systems in place, for example, uh, for obstacle avoidance? Or is that for the user to set up with the cell phone app? Well, yeah. The, in the first stage, uh, we're working now on the obstacle avoidance that will be user-generated, software-based, and cloud-stored. So uh, users will be able to uh, mark uh, obstacles such as trees, buildings, uh, and others uh, in the map, and then upload it to the drone, and it will know where it should not really fly. So that's the first stage, and, uh, and well, it's too early to disclose uh, anything else at this moment, but of course we are working on towards much, much more advanced obstacle avoidance technologies. What do users think after using AirDog? Well, there have been very few people uh, to have uh, tried AirDog in real life since we uh, we are expecting the first production version, uh, first batch to be shipped uh, November this year only. So, But anyways, there still have been some people who have tried out their prototypes and responses are very positive this far. People are really uh, happy about the possibility uh, avoiding having the second person to film you and that actually in many sports it's uh, completely 
completely new way or angle of filming uh, or getting videos. Uh, yeah, like like in surfing, it's always only the shots from the from the beach and with uh, high zoom cameras and etc. So uh, yeah, in many sports, it's very hard actually to get uh, some good videos, uh, even if you have the second person. Definitely, yeah. Using a GoPro myself for snowboarding, we yeah. get very shaky footage. I'm excited for drones to follow us. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I think the best result still will be combination of this uh, for first person view or, or point of view shots with some really close 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 ups and and combination with aerial footage. That would be awesome if you can combine. Yeah. Now, did the FAA regulations that'll be coming in hopefully 2015, did they impact the design choices you made for AirDog? Well, not, not really the design choices. Uh, well, we, we are in the very, uh, in a category of the smallest drones and like, uh, consumer drones. So, uh, we, we, we don't at this point, we don't see, um, uh, anything that really would, would, would make us change, uh, the design of the drone. Uh, yeah, commercial, uh, applications are, uh, not allowed at this moment in the United States. Uh, it's different from country to country. So, but, uh, uh, use of the drones for recreational purposes is fine. So uh, I don't think we need to do anything here. And I think that uh, FAA, uh, after time, they they will only they will take care of uh, more uh, much safer use of drones. And and of course we will will follow and obey these rules if there's anything new coming up. So what were some of the major challenges? when designing AirDog, and what did you learn from them? Uh, the first challenge definitely was the conclusion that uh, we need a dedicated tracking device. When we started designing one, uh, we realized that it takes really complicated mathematical uh, calculations and algorithms to do this motion prediction. Uh, that I think was by far the largest uh, challenge. At this moment, I think we are uh, dealing with uh, some production-related uh, challenges. Uh, we're trying to achieve the, uh, the best result uh, in the, with the uh, construction of the drone uh, because it will be plastic, and uh, we want it to be durable long-lasting, and, uh, yeah, so that even if something, uh, some part needs to be changed, it can be done easily and uh, quickly. Now, you guys have launched a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, you made about seven times your initial goal of 200000 U.S. dollars. What advice do you have for other people that are looking to launch their product on Kickstarter? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, 
a good question. I believe, first of all, you really need a good pro product. That's the first thing. But uh, when you have it, then the next most important thing is uh, that many people maybe do not realize that Kickstarter is only a technical platform for taking the payments, actually. It does not any miracles, and it's not going to advertise you. Uh, well, they will advertise on their own portal, but uh, you need to work really seriously on get, getting uh, media attention, getting the users to this Kickstarter page, and pledging for your pro project. It's it's you who does who d must do that. So you you should not rely to uh, some magic that some, something will simply happen and people will start coming and they will know about your project and will start pledging. It's not going to happen. That's the main thing I think uh, everybody must be aware of. If you take care of these two things, you have a great product and if you have sorted out your uh, maybe some kind of pre-launch campaign, starting and generating some buzz around your project, uh, even before the Kickstarter campaign, that helps a lot. Where do you see this work going? What are some of the future goals? Well, now we are really uh, concentrating on uh, de really delivering. That's our ultimate goal for the time being. We really want to keep up to our promises uh, to our backers, and uh, it's uh, so it's it's really uh, not not simple task to do. And we are, we are seriously working on that. But uh, anyways, the, the future is, uh, I think, we, we want to continue innovating in this personal drone uh, category, to say. Uh, we, want, we, are, we are working, uh, we have several new concepts in our lab, uh, how we can improve the simplicity uh, of drone control or how drones can be used without almost any manual or user input. So that's that's the area where we want to be innovating. We want to make drones available for uh, almost everyone. There are different, AirDog is just the first uh, first example of uh, a personal drone that can be used for this aerial video, uh, but there are different uh, other applications. Uh, and we even might be, uh, well, not might be, but we will be opening an API for AirDog as well, so that third-party developers can, can, uh, yeah, invent new ways of uh, using the AirDog and maybe other uh, drones that we'll be having in the future. Wrapping up, what do you think will be the future of robotics? Well, I think, uh, <laughs> well. well what we're seeing and what it's it's again the same thing what we are doing uh, robots are becoming less something from a science fiction and becoming part of our lives everyday life they are becoming helpers in in your daily life they will be saving lives they will be solving lots of different problems with the development of the technology, robots really now can become, can be really intelligent and uh, do a lot of really complicated tasks and maybe some, uh, they can replace uh, real people in 
uh, places where it's dangerous for people to be and yeah and it, it, the more the sensor technologies and the computing power will increase the more uh, the capabilities of drones will or uh, not just drones but robots in general uh, will increase and we will see more and more drone uh, robots uh, coming into our, our lives so maybe that's 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 one, how I see it uh, at this moment that's just one one view maybe all right thank you thank you and that's it for today you can find more information about airdog on our website at robotspodcast.com or check out robohub.org for more information about the recent developments in drone regulations The next episode will air in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. AirDog with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.